This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, you're very welcome to Film Network Ireland's Rap Chat podcast. The podcast is brought to you by Film Equipment Store. My name is Sean T. O'Malley. Ta Mila Falter Roif. Fair play, Eva Socht Eishtaklin. Thanks a million for tuning in. Today's guest on the show is multi-award winning director Fergal Costello. Fergal has won awards for his work as a director of commercials, music videos and short films. He has a Kinsale Shark Award for Best Director, for Best New Irish Director and for Best Low Budget Music Video. He won an Emerging Directors Award for Best Short Film. He has won two Young Directors Awards, one for commercials and one for his music video. He has won a Best Newly Signed Director at the Shiny Awards in London. And most recently, he won a BAFTA for his short film Brain in Gear. I talked to Fergal today about his journey from college, film school, into working with Republic of Telly, into his period where he couldn't get work, all the way up to winning a BAFTA. And uh, the ups and downs along the way, the bad luck and the good luck. And it's clear that his response to both was hard work. On the top of all of that, he's a lovely guy. So enjoy the chat. Virgil Costello, you're very welcome to Film Network Ireland's Rap Chat podcast. Thanks so much. So, you've just won a BAFTA. Yeah. What does that feel like? Mental. Yeah, <laughs> that's, uh, that's uh, yeah, it's the most trite way of putting it. But uh, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, really, really, like it was we we because it was a lockdown uh, version of the award, so you actually mm. couldn't go to the ceremony at all. So we had to watch the show live. And uh, because we were a short form program, like we're, I was like, we had no idea what the running order or when they're going to announce anything. But it got to like the very end, like the best, like uh, I think I think best actress was the final award. So we were like, oh, what? And then I was thinking, oh, sure, short form program, so we're probably in the also awarded tonight kind of category. And then like yeah, we were like, and then it's just, I just oh man, I just started roaring. There's a video I put up a video on Instagram. Like my my cousin actually, uh, a few of my family members were over that day. And uh, my cousin recorded the video of, like of of the immediate re- reaction. Everyone's just screaming, and yeah, it was crazy, mental. That sounds amazing. It sounds yeah. like the uh, video that they recorded in Jamie Vardy's house when they were watching whoever it was that was playing football and lost a game, which meant that Leicester won the league. Oh, stop! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like exactly, that kind of buzz, look. Yeah. And so you were saying that you had forgotten that you had applied, you had entered the ba- uh, for BAFTA. Yeah, yeah, because it was, uh, it was, it. Uh, we made the short last year. Um, in, we shot in July of last year and it was finished in August. Um, so it was quite a quick turnaround to go up on BBC iPlayer. And then it got some airplay. Then from iPlayer, then it got some uh, play then on BBC Two. Um, and then, and I think it was like Jan- it was either December last year or January this year, I text uh, the producer Inez and uh, Ben Isola, who's the creator of the show, Branding Gear. Um, I text her saying, oh, it'd be, it'd be gas if we entered the BAFTAs. Like literally, it was such a joke. It was like, um, it was fifty quid or whatever, and I had the, I had the license to enter the Baftas, so I was like, "Why not? Let's just do it." You know, well, you know, better to be in than if you're not in, you can't win. And then, uh, <laughs> but then Inez said, "Yeah, that's a good idea." And I thought, literally, literally thought nothing of it since. Um, like I forgot all about it, and then uh, on a th- it was like a Thursday at like the start of July, um, or it was the end of June rather. Uh, Bemisola rang me at like seven a.m. And I was like, Ugh. and the, I was in bed, like I just kind of turned off my phone. I was like, who's oh, ringing me? And, stuff. and then um, at half eight, like I got up to go to work, to, to work basically because I still had, you know, had, had a video job at the time. And I rang, uh, I texted Bemmy saying, oh, uh, "Sorry about that, missed your call. What's up?" And she was like, uh, "Check the check Variety. Went to Variety dot com. Sent me a link, and I was like, oh man, just lost it. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it." And so that's you finding out that you had been nominated. Yes. Right. Finding out the nomination, um, yeah. And so finding out that you won, you said you, you were just watching the kind of the live. Watching the telecast, yeah. Watching right. it on BBC, yeah, yeah. Just watching it live. And, and I did see 
an acceptance video that you yeah. guys recorded. So was that afterwards? That was for kind of like a sort of a kind of a, a package that they were putting together of that, the winners, was it? No, it no. was uh, that was a weird one. That was a <laughs> because it was it was it was a because it's a lockdown version of the show. Um, everyone who was nominated had to record. I know, yeah. It's, oh my god, that's nah, mental. Yeah, yeah. Everyone had to record like a ninety second or uh, a minute to ninety second speech. Whether or not, and, and then like you got the email saying, "If you don't win, this will be destroyed." You know what I mean? It's like, so you had to you had to gauge your emotions. You had to like do a performance, kind of go, "Oh my god, I can't believe it! This is for my mama." You know, you know, that like, is that is actually yeah, mad. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It was so surreal. I was I was like laughing at my girl. I was tell, t- like texting my girlfriend when I was doing this, saying, "This is just like the most bizarre thing I've ever done." Yeah, <laughs> and like you're um, you were kind of inventive with the video though. You sort of you made reference to the style of the, the film yeah we're acceptance which is very nice yeah me and Ben Masola were talking about that we said like let's just make it a sketch because you know you gotta stand out like cause, yeah. <laughs> yeah I wonder so. if that pushed it over the edge maybe that, that got you maybe yeah they, yeah, so they were charming. like this is the best acceptance video so we'll give them the award yeah I'm only joking of course I watched Brain and Gear and I really liked it Cheers, and I would like I was saying to you I've looked through a couple of the your different pieces of work um, on your Vimeo page going back probably goes back about six years I think yeah, the, the oldest so. thing in there is Zenith yeah, that's right. That's during college that made that okay. one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was kind of looking through the pieces going, okay, I wonder what's, what's Fergal's style? Is his style sort of obvious from these various short films, music videos, uh, one minute films, these kind of things? And like, you don't, like, there obviously there, there are things that maybe you sort of would call on uh, uh, again um, in terms of like storytelling or stylistic kind of camera movements or editing and that kind of thing. But actually, it seems to me that you don't really impose a style. Mm. Um, that you sort of do whatever is necessary to tell the story in terms of yeah. the, the approach to any particular project. Um, and like if there is one sort of uh, common element in the various pieces of work is the kind of, you have this great ability to sort of set up a world and then pull the rug from underneath the viewer's feet and sort of surprise us taken in a different direction and then even in the pieces that are like very sort of lighthearted and very amusing there's like a from now on I'm going to be like oh did Fergal direct this okay I'm going to keep an eye out I'm going to, pre- I'm going to prepare myself for the uh, for the heart breaking oh, moment cool. that's, that's going really to come cool. towards yeah, yeah. the end like because there's you have that in Brain and Gear you have that in a couple of the other pieces where like as a viewer, I'm thinking, oh, I know what this is. This is a particular genre. I'm really enjoying this. This is great, you know, really kind of snazzy, uh, polished type of work. And then there's like, there's a real emotional punch. Oh, cool, is, man. is that a kind of a, is that an intentional thing? Is that like, do you sort of go after projects that have a particular depth to them? Or is it, does it just depend on what comes your way? Or is that kind of who you are um, it kind of it depends I guess like Brain and Gear was written that way like the, like the script was actually that was all there you know I, I don't really say in, in that direction but like yeah with some of the shorts and stuff um, bar some like it's definitely been say like um, there's one short I make called Time and Space it's like a one minute thing where it's it's funny 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 and then absolutely not funny yeah. for, for the very for the literally the last 10 seconds and that was just like that came from it was also it was motivated by seeing that Galway Film Flower having this one minute film competition. So I was like, oh, cool, let's let's make something for that. But then at the time, like I was, uh, I don't know, I don't know why. I, just, I was just thinking about uh, uh, the older members of my family, how they mightn't be along, they mightn't be around for much longer. Thank God they are still. But I remember just like being hung up on this notion that like they were getting quite old. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, and and the time with them was because, uh, uh, you know, yeah, obviously they mean a lot to you and whatever. And that came from, so I want to explore that. Uh, where's why is this weird feeling on me? So I want to explore that, but then I want to put it through the prism of the films I like and the films I enjoy to watch. So that was that's definitely where that all that stuff comes from. It's like I, I found, uh, um, just through making stuff that it's always always better when it's coming from uh, something you're particularly caring about or or, or thinking about or a feeling. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I made a lot of stuff in college that was very kind of vacuous and always ended up shit because can I swear? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if um, you can but you go on, go on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like I made a lot of bad stuff in college and it was all just like me trying to be cool and uh, trying to emulate styles I liked. Um, but then stuff started getting better the second um, I started being like a bit more honest, you know, um, I guess, you know. And that's actually, you sort of, uh, sort of nodded towards something there that I was going to ask you about. So you like, 
you went in your on your Vimeo page um, for one of the videos. I think it was uh, thick as you yeah. talk about sort of taking influences from from different directors like Spike Lee. And, yeah, Spike and people like that. David Russell and stuff like that. Yeah. How and like this is a question that I would like ask anyone. How do you sort of and we may not even have an answer for it. How do you kind of take those influences and make them your own? And not be kind of like what you say you were doing in college, which was sort of maybe yeah. trying to imitate them, but but failing. Yeah. How do, you, uh, how do you kind of go from a sort of a place where you're where someone is imitating to actually it's kind of more of an homage and but it's its own thing. Yeah, it's hard. It's it's, it's definitely hard because like Spike Lee, especially his visual style, uh, is so like he, he, like it's so definitively his own. Like you can't copy that. Like he's so. His visual style is so definitive that if you try to emulate that a lot, people go, that's Spike Lee's. You know what I mean? And and David Russell, I think, is like, he uh, he's, his films are quite manic. You know what I mean? They're, they're quite, uh, he's he, no one shoots an argument like him. Do you know what I mean? Every, like, and there's always like six conversations going on at once and everyone's screaming at each other. And But there's always like, a, and I know he's a very kind of controversial figure and just how angry that lad is. But uh, <laughs> I, I just love his films. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and just like with Thick As, it was trying to tap into the absolute confidence of Spike Lee's filmmaking in that even if his films, like he sees some films that don't necessarily work, but they're they're so, they just reek a kind of conviction. Do you know what I mean? And they, and they, they reek of an absolute kind of a swagger with the camera. And I wanted to kind of have that in Thick As, just this, this is kind of this utter confidence with the lens, if that's not too wanky a thing to say. Um, and then... And then for because Thick Eyes is about a family, it's about a family unit, and the main set piece of the piece is in the living room. It's an argument. I wanted to have that kind of charged energy of Thick Eyes, of uh, say something like uh, Silver Linings Playbook when Jennifer Lawrence comes storming in the middle of Robert De Niro giving out to his son. Like th- that scene, um, I wanted to kind of have that energy and that kind of confidence. And uh, I found that we could we could create that then by just having like re- we had really heavy rehearsals and uh, but I did never try to, to copy anything. It didn't kind of go like oh that's a cool shot. Let's let's have that in the thing. Yeah. But it's more it's more taking the energy and 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 then the kind of a uh, uh, the the confidence uh, to attack something and be absolutely committed to this is what it's going to look like now. This is what uh, you know say, say like Spike Lee does with do the right thing where it's just like that's what that film looks like and almost like fuck you. You know what I mean? And David Russell is very much the same. Um, so I wanted to kind of have that confidence throughout the film because even though it was like a big opportunity at the time, it was like, oh God, you know, I got to be trepidatious here. But then I was like, no, we got to be, you know, feel like the characters, those characters are confident and they argue. So I wanted the film to feel, the so I think has to feel brash and confident, you know. And um, has your approach to, say, working with actors, so you spoke there about mm. rehearsal. Have you, has your approach to working with actors on projects changed from when you oh, started yeah. off? Oh, mass! I sucked. It's so bad. I was like, uh, in college, I was like, uh, now laugh. You know what I mean? Like, that's about, that's about as good as the direction Speaking got. Speaking as an actor, that is yeah. a horrible thing to hear. Yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, it sucks. I, I was so, oh, man, so, oh, man, so bad. It was like, in college, it was like hilariously bad. It was, do they do they teach you in college how to how to work with actors? Yeah, well, they, they do. do. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they do. Yeah, they're like use verbs. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I was like, you got to defy this person. That's about as good as it got. Um, <laughs> I know it was good. It was good. Like you know, uh, you know, I learned. I, I think film school was awesome. Um, Where did you go? I went to IDT, okay. the, the film school there. Yeah. Was that the beginning of your filmmaking? journey or was it something you always wanted to do yeah I always wanted to do yeah yeah very young very young age started making stuff I say I was about 14 yeah oh nice yeah again all I didn't see any any of that now on Vimeo no there's actually a different Vimeo profile (laughs) I'll link you it's it's got it's it's got two of them one's got like Ireland 2019 it's like it's like an action film with two lads um, Ireland 2019 when was it shot it was shot in 2010 so oh amazing <laughs> jeez I'll have yeah. to watch that and see if it came yeah, true yeah man it sucks uh, no but it's fun like you know it's all learning absolutely no yeah, no yeah yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah oh god yeah the acting is completely different now yeah it was like um, I was very like I'd be very guilty of back in the day of like saying oh acting's like yeah they'll take care of that and I'll just do the cool shots and the spinny around camera and the gunshots going off you know but now it's like uh, absolutely, my favorite part is directing and and find, uh, Sorry, is working with actors and finding the course things like, like rehearsing and thick as was like the most like joyful. Everybody had a say. Everybody was trying to figure out a thing together. You know, when yeah. you have everyone in on a project and they're all in, yeah. and you're working it out. Like, okay, that doesn't work for me because of X, and you need to get over there. But how do we motivate that dramatically? All that kind of stuff's really cool. You yeah. know what I mean? And you got to. Re- 
and even now I'm trying. I'm actually figuring out the verb thing. I was very, I was very. Uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of yeah. actors, me included, have like we've got a book at home, the actors' yeah. thesaurus. Yeah, which is like a book of verbs where, like, that's funny. You know, if you want to apply a verb to a part, particular part of a script, and you're kind of thinking, oh, you know, entice, entice doesn't feel strong yeah. enough. You look up entice in the th- in this thesaurus, and it'll give you other options. Yeah, it's very useful, and like, it's yeah, a great, big time. It's a great way of great way of kind of um, just. Cracking open a script, yeah. like the words you you initially write down may not necessarily be the words that you end up playing, mm. and ultimately, ultimately, like I, I guess my reservations about attaching actions to a script might be kind of like you don't want to sort of pre-plan your performance too much, but it definitely mm. does start bringing up questions. Yeah. Does does the fact that your girlfriend is an actress have any impact? Impact on how you work with actors. Yeah, because she, yeah, she like, uh, she like break my balls about stuff. Like, I, I would, uh, you know, like, uh, like I'm writing a script now at the moment, um, and I was just like trying to figure. I was like speak, thinking out loud, trying to work out the tone of the performances in my head and stuff. And I was just like, you know, unfor- unfortunately for her, she's like a sounding board, you know, kind of. Uh, <laughs> I was just like, throwing out ideas and how all oh, maybe the tone has to be such and such a way, and then they go big here and stuff. And I was basically doing like line readings throughout the entire script and stuff, and. She'd be very uh, critical of. <laughs> it's it's interesting though because like if you're writing a script, um, I suppose it's it maybe it's different whether you're going to be directing it or not directing it. Yeah. But like sometimes something might be very clear to you as a writer, and you put it, you don't write it down because you think it's very clear, and then nobody else sees it that way, mm. and it's actually it's misinterpreted in a bad way. And then other times you might, you know, put in in the parentheticals how a line is delivered or something in the stage directions and by doing so you kind of limit the input that the actor or the director if it's not you has yeah. into a project so it's a, it's a, it's a funny kind of like there's no real right and wrong it's no. a kind of like there's it's definitely a collaboration where you have to maybe make an offer of something yeah, but be and, open to changing. On more and more, I'm looking for the surprise. I'm looking for the the thing I didn't know, you know what I mean, and the camera to find it rather than like say okay on, on Second action, you're going to turn around, and on third action, the camera's going to come in here. It's like, do the thing, you show me what you're thinking first. And oftentimes, more often than not now, it's like, uh, okay, what are you thinking for this part? And then, if if we'll see that, or say Phil Blake, who generally shoots everything I make, um, he'll, uh, he and I will look at it together, and we're kind of going, okay, that's really cool what they're doing. Perhaps it's not cinematic enough. And then that's when the direction will come in, you know? Mm. Um, because often, like, the stuff we're making is very movie land kind of stuff, it's, it's very genre heavy. Um, so like the, the so generally now at the moment it generally comes down to tonality. Do you know what I mean? Like uh, we made it, we made a short uh, called Lost and Found. Like it was kind of set in a garage, and and it was very Spielbergy, very Jodante kind of vibe. And the initial performance of the two guys was a bit too realistic, if if that makes sense. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So, but the, the thing that unlocked the whole movie for everybody, like from from Phil on camera, and for me in my brain and the guys acting was, we're in movie land here. Do you know what I mean? And that that was the that was the that was the key. You know what I mean? Just everyone realizing, oh yeah, we're in the eighties. We're not in. This is not. You know, there's no Nama. <laughs> you know, I don't know. There's no yeah, there's Nama. No Nama. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what a world! I know. Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> um. Yeah. So okay. So speaking, that brings me to one of your other films, which unfortunately isn't on your Vimeo yet, but it's one that I saw at the Cork Film Festival. I think it was last year. It feels like seven years ago. Oh man, stuff. Um, something doesn't feel right. Yeah. Which I loved, Thanks, man. and I said that to you afterwards when I met you. Um, and and I've said this to some other people since, and I think I might have said it to you that night that watching it, I I didn't think it was an Irish production. Mm. It um, for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's kind of a, it's like a, oh geez, if I was to steal Tiji Cahar's uh, mm-hmm. logo, it's a Sulella on American horrors. Yes. Um, and it kind of like it, it just works so well. But like you nail that genre and the word you just used in your previous answer, tone. You nail the tone of that world so well that I was convinced that this was some international short film that Great. had made its way into this program. Really cool. Um, and it's so, so good and like really entertaining. Um, so how how did you do that? Please mm-hmm. tell me. <laughs> uh, learn me. Inform me. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, 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 Jed Murray wrote that. Uh, Jed Murray wrote the script like um, and, and he and I kind of uh, even like about a year and a half before that we we used to have horror movie nights like with a few mates and uh, we just watched like the absolute worst of the worst kind of like you know uh, 70s slashers and stuff but I love them like genuinely like unironically you think they're class they're they're, they're so uh, they're often very kind of very sweetly spirited 
You know what I mean? Those, yeah. those slashers like Madman and like, you know, Prom Night and all that kind of stuff. Silent Night, Deadly Night. Um, you know, I've seen none of these movies. Seen none of them, yeah, they're all nice. <laughs> and uh, the Friday Thirteen movies and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, um, oh, I know that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I always sympathised with Jason. I thought he was a big like. You know, obviously don't be killing people. But uh, he was just a, a cute little lug moving around. But uh, then Jed, yeah, he just he wrote the script. Um, I didn't even know he was writing the script, and he sent it to me. And um, yeah, it was just uh, immediately. Under, we I think we just immediately got what it was meant to be and what it had to look like. And um, and then the the collaborators were the same people as always. Like Phil was shooting it, and Hannah Sullivan on makeup, and uh, Gwen Hurry on on uh, costume. Just everybody worked together, uh, had real familiarity. And I think everyone everyone works together often because we're all kind of fans of the same thing. Okay. And um, yeah, so I think we knew we had to be in that genre world, and you know, and the cabin in the woods was in lockdown and. There was very little production design involved, you know, and the production that was done by Alice Vignoles was amazing. So, you know, but it was just a lot of there was we were lucky to have a lot of applicable reference, you know, yeah. that you could apply to it. Just as a slight um, tangent there, you said the cabin in the woods was in lockdown. Yeah, did you? I heard lockdown. I was like, what oh, lockdown? So, yeah, when yeah. did you shoot this movie? I saw it last year. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lockdown, yeah, no, yeah. I've got lockdown on the brain. Um, mm. Okay, so we'll go back to you're in college. Yeah. So you've just left college. What were your next steps in terms of getting into the business? Oh, I was lucky. I was lucky enough in college. Um, I was making a lot of uh, comedy sketches in college and uh, just like little small bits. And uh, and then three of the lads in Carlow uh, for my hometown, um, Brendan Reddy, Sam O'Rourke, and Will Byrne. They they um, were putting together this kind of music kind of rap group, and uh, they made a song called Oh Five Nine. Um, which was like uh, it's the area code for Carlo <laughs> if anyone doesn't know do you know that? oh my god I huh? would have guessed it I wouldn't have known it if you'd asked me oh sorry <laughs> yeah yeah um, but they, they made a song called 059 and it was class like a rap song and um, they said you want like would they asked me would I be interested in making a video and I said yeah it'd be class like really really fun we shot for a day cut that together and it kind of went uh, it was lucky to kind of go viral and then um in sec- this is in second year college and then Republic of Telly got on to the lads saying um, would you be interested in us uh, ma- re- remaking the video basically with better production values or whatever because we made it for like three euro um, <laughs> um, but then like they, they, then I got to work on that video as a camera assistant and then I was like um, I was very kind of insistent on getting the foot in the door kind of with the nice. lads in Republic okay, of Telly yeah. and then I was asked back to do, kind of do running jobs with them and then eventually I did camera work with them and then um but the producers of Republic of Telly, Shane Mulvey, he uh, he would, he and Peter Foote from Young Offenders, mm-hmm. they were putting together a hidden camera show called The Fear. And then they asked me, would I be a cameraman for that? And so I was a cameraman for that throughout college and then doing jobs in Republic of Telly throughout college. And then when I left college, um, I literally, like, there's no problem, there was nothing going. Like, I, I, I had nothing lined up, like. And then I was literally, like, in bed at, like, 3 p.m. And I got, <laughs> I got an email. Don't tell people. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got an email, yeah, just uh, Jason Butler's producer of Public Telly just offered me a job uh, directing sketches, which was like just a like insane, wow. insane, insane. So by that stage, crazy, you crazy. had, um, you had obviously your experience from college. Yeah. And you had done camera work for them. Had you done any editing or directing stuff for them? Not really, no. but but I consistently kept making sketches okay. as well. So like, I knew they were watching them as well. Do you know what I mean? And like me and a... We, we had a comedy kind of group, um, myself and a few lads in college, and we, we were consistently making stuff, and the output was very, very frequent. So um, I, th- I think they had their eye on those as well, you know. Okay. And, and my grad film, uh, I think Jason Butler quite liked as well, so that was lucky. Yeah. Right, so that was, yeah, that was a smart move when you've got somebody's attention like that, because it's kind of, it's one of the hardest things to do. Yeah. Like, it's one, like, it's commendable for people and very encourageable for people to make their own work as much as they can but sometimes it's hard to get people to see it hard people to see it yeah, absolutely and, and yeah yeah I think I think consistently making stuff I think is is half the battle and I, I know it's like it's not easy because it can be expensive but if you limit yourself to what you have around you I think it's, it's very important you know yeah. and, and try and make the best of like so I have a room and a table what's the best film I can make with a room and a table do you know what I mean if you have to do it yeah like if you it's the, Ro- the Roger Corman approach yeah if you just we, we've got a tank and we've got whatever else you know, let's make write a film that involves a tank yeah the deadly tank you know what I mean <laughs> something like that you know what I mean but like that, that's exactly it though you know I'm, and there's no way you can't make three minutes out of it yeah you know, or like two minutes as long as it's funny you know and like you're a big fan of the horror genre yeah and something that kind of fascinates me is how many people make low budget horror stuff mm. where it kind of seems like it's one of the least 
suitable genres to work in if you've got no money because yeah. you kind of want the gore or the monster or whatever it is yeah. to look realistic. But like everyone makes low budget horror movies. I think because they're commercial. I think because okay. you can get eyes on them. Like if you call your movie like the lad with the loaded knives stabbing people, like you're gonna go, I'm gonna watch that rather than you know the woman with cancer. You're like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You're gonna, you're gonna like, look, you know what I mean? You're gonna watch that quicker. So I think you get more eyes on the on the work that way. You know, so, well, like I mean, I love horror films and I love making them because it's so, so much fun. You know, and uh, comedy is the same. I think they kind of operate basically by the same rules. You know, it's all just about build up and payoff, build up and payoff. Like you're building up a joke and then your punchline. You're building up a scare and you scared them. You know what I mean? Um, or so, you know, and, and I think that they operate the same. They're the same, I don't know, elements, I guess. You yeah. Know? Um, but, but and I, you combine them very well. Like it's not, uh, not all horrors or comedies. Yeah. And you, you managed to work the two genres very well together. Mm. Um, Thanks, man. Cheers. Yeah. The, uh, let's see, what else? Oh, I was going to ask you about uh, your the different roles you do so like on yeah. a number of the shorts and stuff that I've watched of yours you were writer director writer director editor um, mm. which which would you would you if you had to pick one which would you do it's a terrible question no 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 god uh, uh, directing now yeah, yeah, okay. yeah it would have been editor back in the day but um, just I think directing now is really, really uh, I think I'm happiest probably yeah. Um, has your work as an editor affected the way you direct things 100% yeah Republic Italy was um like that was the best film school of all time just because you needed to deliver a sketch every Thursday or Friday you know what I mean and if you didn't you'd nothing on air that week you know um, like there'd be some times where like you'd, you'd have nothing and you'd be shooting on Friday and your cut off is 2pm Sunday your absolute cut off is 2pm Sunday you have to have your sketching like we shot some sketches on Saturdays you know what I mean and, and so okay, your cut off is 2pm Sunday when, when does it broadcast oh it was so it would tape on Sunday night at 6pm so and it would broadcast Monday, but you had to have your sketch in though because oh okay. they had to play it back to the audience see if it get laughs. So they put a laugh track underneath it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, but that, you'd be editing and shooting and doing the VFX and yeah. Oh my god. So okay. So you said the tape is at six o'clock. So that is like yeah. it's it's a played in front of a live played audience. In front of a live audience. And you record the audience's reaction. Yeah. They yeah, do, yeah. 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 It's in the studio. So it's, it's, the whole show was in a studio based anyway. Right. So Kevin okay. go and now we have a sketch by you yes. know starring whoever's that in that week. You know what I mean. Okay. And then, so it was often very sobering if a sketch didn't work. <laughs> you're like, God, I suck. <laughs> you know, like, like I mean, I've had that twice. Like, like get your mother into the audience laughing out loud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had like one, it was a Christmas special one year and like I made the sketch and I was like, oh man, this is going to kill, this is going to oh. knock him dead. And then, uh, man, it was like fucking, like a needle pin drop. Like, I was just, I was bad, like I went, I just went home. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, Ugh. I, had, I had one of those experiences. Yeah. I made a short film through a scheme that TJ Carr had. Yeah. And it was one that I wrote and directed and we were in the edit and we had got a, an assembly, it was more than assembly, it was a cut together and TJ Carr came in to uh, view this the, the the film as it was and an extra element. So that would be like, that's hard enough as it is. Mm. Um, the, an extra element was one of the commissioning editors in TJ Carr was my dad. Mm. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, so, uh, no, this was, uh, uh, dear audience, this isn't how I got the gig. Mm. Um, so anyway, himself and another uh, of the commissioning editors in TG Carr sat in and watched it and we played it and was like, it was a short film but it was made for a TV half hour so it was 23 and a half minutes. Yeah. And it was kind of, it was lighthearted. It was, it was a comedy drama uh, with a heart actually which yeah. is probably why your work appeals to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and there wasn't a peep out of them for 23 and a half minutes. Forget it. And like at the end, I looked down and just my hand was shaking. No, it is like a horrible, oh, horrible experience. It's the worst. And like, yeah, uh, like for, I was just shook. I was shook to the core because I was kind of like, hey, yeah. no, there are bits in it. It's like there are bits in it that's funny. That's surely, objectively funny. Surely that there are bits where like, <laughs> okay, where I need to maybe uh, play yeah. around with the edit a bit to get to get the laugh or you know to make it funny as funny as it can be. But I was like, there are bits in it that are funny, right? Yeah. And then, like, then the following thought was, okay, well they didn't like it. So there are only two options here. It's either door A or door B. Yeah. Door A is, I fucked this up. Yeah. Door B is, my dad d- can't do his job. <laughs> oh, shit. And I was like, <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, yeah, Which yeah, yeah, one yeah. of these is it? Yeah. Um, dad, obviously. Yeah, can't yeah. Do his job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has since retired. You can't Because he can't do his job. Yeah, yeah, I'm only joking. Um, but yeah, the film got better and it got a... Yeah. yeah, but anyway, I don't know why. I didn't want to make this about me. Um, no, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> reliving, man. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. But like, it is hard. Yeah, Jeez, yeah, yeah. Showing it. And so... Your Christmas sketch didn't go down well. Oh man, yeah, Killed. Did it get 
was it screened? Did it get shown? Oh, it got shown on yeah. telly, yeah, with a fake laugh track. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I think it didn't go online. That was always the mark. It was like, uh, okay, a sketch did good when it goes online, when it goes ah. on YouTube. Because uh, the producer, like, say, Jason or Shane would pick, like, say, uh, you know, two sketches from that week, which would get to go on YouTube and stuff. But yeah, it was just, it got buried in the, in the, in the, lo- in the vaults. Wow. And so, okay, moving on after Republic of Telly, what yeah. was the next step in your career? I made the genius move to leave that job because I thought I was going to be an awesome ad director and then it didn't work for a year and a half. Um, yeah, it was suck, man. Um, but like, you know, you had to do it. You had to yeah, learn. Um, don't go, you can't. No, no I because th- I had a bit of momentum. It was, uh, I had a bit of momentum going with making commercials and it was just getting a bit heavy with like uh, Republic Telly work as well. So I was like, oh man. And, uh, you know, I just kind of had to, I felt I had to branch out on my own, I guess, I guess, even though it was like the best job in the world. I did that for two years. And then, um, and then I left Public Telly and then like almost like instantly the kind of ad work just kind of stopped because, you know, it's just crazy, man. Um, just the way it goes sometimes, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, and then I just made a few shorts and stuff, um, there and like one of them was lucky to kind of get a bit of traction. Uh, it did quite well online, but even then, like that didn't generate into money. You know, so I had to, I had basically had to go back to work. So I went back to work as an editor okay. there and then started the, then. But because it was, like the benefit of that kind of year where like not really much was going career wise, the benefit of that was it was, it was a massive motivator then to when I got the job back editing to like almost like never let that happen again. Do you know what I mean? Kind of not like to leave yourself in that kind of gap again, you know, that vulnerable again. So when I, when I was editing in, uh, there's an animation company. I didn't particularly, I just kind of took the tact of like, okay, no matter how tiring it is, I'm just going to like make as much shit as possible while I have a job. You know what I mean? And so like my weekends were taken up by, you know, I'm doing music, like say the time I met the devil, that music video for Branch right. with Joe Rooney, that was on a weekend. Okay. Um, two day shoot and then right back into work on Monday and then like you'd prep the next one and then like you'd, you'd work a full day and then we'd work all night on an edit and then like, cause, uh, and I took, like, probably very unhealthy, but I was just like, I don't care how tired it gets me if you get three really good pieces of work like and I put everything into them, then that'll have made the motivation to do that that came from the, the having no job for a while will have made that period worth it. I had to make that year lost of no career work worth it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or else I, like, I couldn't just, I couldn't scratch it down to a waste of time. Yeah. You know, so that, that, that's what I took that then and applied that then to the next job. Yeah. And then that kind of built up steam then. So that was, that was lucky. Wow. Yeah. So what you're saying is it's actually really easy to be successful in this business. You just have to work every single hour of the day. And yeah, you just have to it's work. You have to sacrifice oh your personal God. life. Jesus. <laughs> so it's, it, it is mad. Like, it's yeah. kind of... Uh, I totally see why it's necessary, but, like, it's one of those things where you kind of go, it's yeah. not sustainable. Not sustainable, no, no, no. Oh, God, no. You burn out, like, you do burn out. Yeah, you absolutely burn out, you know. Um, you just kind of, yeah. And then... If we jump forward um, and say, maybe talk about Brain and Gear. Yeah. So how did that come about? That was, um, that was again, just like super lucky. Um, that was, I made a Lost and Found that short. Um, and that was like intended to be kind of online only. Just like, that was a, that was a lark, really. It was kind of a bit of fun. And my, that was my uncle's garage we used and stuff. And nice. it was very little in the way of production design. Like my uncle owned the overalls. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, literally, like, a, that box was, like, a, the, the the button thing was from a prop room in RTE, like, just hanging amazing, around. Amazing, Um And, yeah, we For just... anyone who hasn't seen it, the button thing is a uh, key to this short film. Key to the, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, I, I was trying to make a pun about it didn't work. <laughs> um, I don't know. It doesn't, no, it doesn't matter. I'll move on. Um, but, yeah, yeah, we, we shot that, and, like, that was, like, a seven-hour shoot. It was, like, lovely. Um, wow. Cut together, it was finished in a week. Um... And when it went online, didn't really do that well. And then I put it on Reddit, and then it took off on Reddit, and, and I, I got quite a lot of views. Um, crazy! It was it was lovely, and that was like after you kind of think, oh, I guess that one didn't work. So that was nice that it took off that way. And That's interesting. Okay, so I don't, I'm not really all that familiar with Reddit. I've clicked onto it a few times mm. in my life, but how do you? go about putting a film on it and like is there a particular area for short films I'm not really I mean yeah there, there, there isn't like a, the subreddit so I think there okay. is one specifically for short films but there's one called videos which is like one of their biggest ones and you're not allowed to post on that until you have a certain amount of karma you know by liking and commenting oh, and stuff okay. like that so but uh, I I, um, I posted on that 
Um, and then it, it seemed to do well on, on, on Reddit. So I was like, oh, you know, and then I kind of had a confidence in the film again. I was like, oh, yeah, I thought it worked. And again, I guess I didn't put it online and then and on a different website. And then it seemed to work there. So I was like, oh, you know, maybe I was right. And then, um, but then I, I, I had a vague contact in BBC Comedy, like unbelievably vague. Like didn't know the person, didn't really have a right to email them. But I said, fuck it, you know, just try it and see what happens. Um, they, they, all they can do is ignore it, you know what I mean? And that's, that's totally cool. You know, I won't mind if that happens. So I, I emailed them. Uh, nothing happened. Two weeks later, I got an email off that person. I won't say their name. <laughs> <laughs> I got an email off that person um, who had forwarded to, uh, who I will say the name of, uh, Sam Ward, who ended up being the executive producer on Brain and Gear. And he was saying, uh, I saw Last and Found and I, I kind of went through the other, the other work you had. Um, would you be interested in having a meeting next week um, or whenever at your earliest convenience uh, I was like absolutely 100% um, so I kind of went over to London um, and I met him and it was just a, it, w- it was a very kind of general meeting you know it wasn't like about anything it wasn't like you know you're making brain and gear here we go It's it was just a very uh, kind of who are you what are you working on uh, what other stuff have I not seen that you know maybe um because he, he, Sam was, it was lucky that Sam was a was a genre guy as well. You know, okay. he quite like, and he'd executive produced um, a quite a bit of genre work, like uh, a lot of the the Kunk films and um, uh, what you call it, like he forgetting them blank on the name now. But he did, did a lot of kind of Inside Number Nine, um, oh, okay. yeah. And um, he was, uh, and then following that, then about another a month later, I'd say, or two months later, even um, he said vague email saying how's your july looking and i was like absolutely clear <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> like it doesn't like i found that it was kind of with the with the guys in bbc like they're asking like they don't realize how big the questions are sometimes do you know what i mean like they're asking yeah. you like or the whatever they ask would the, you like the answer would be yes yeah they're yeah. like would you would you be interested in doing this and you're like yeah i absolutely be interested in doing that you know what i mean how do you feel about directing naked yeah yeah sure yeah yeah no yeah you're like absolutely yeah well yeah 100 you know i'm there um but like yeah but he's just like, yeah, and then I had to get on a call, a Skype call with Bemi and uh, Bemisola, the creator, and Inez, the producer. And he, it was basically like, a, I think it was, because uh, it wasn't like a straight offer. I still had to pitch for it. And it was, I think it was down to like four people to direct, potentially, with Bemisola. And um, yeah, I just had to, had to kind of keep calling them and stuff like that. And, and um, I sent, and then I said, fuck it, like, you know, I might as well just risk it. Like, I kind of sent a risky email following one of our conversations saying, kind of like because I read about uh, Lenny Abramson when, he's, when, he, when he was pitching to direct Room he uh, wrote a letter to M. O'Donoghue uh, detailing why he should be the person to do it and why um, how what other people will say is the right way to direct it and how, how, how uh, he would say he would vaguely kind of like just put that down and say like this is not you will be you will be told this is how to approach this material when X is how I think it should be approached and I think that's the that's the kind of the, the, the tact uh, I was like God, oh, that's such I mean, let's just try it. You know what I mean? Like, well, sure. literally, have nothing. Like, literally, have nothing to lose, um, except the big opportunity. Um, <laughs> yeah, what a cheeky prick! You know that email. So I sent an email of that kind of thing, just like, look, I would, I want to do this not for, uh, you know, the, the, the obvious reason is the career reason. It would be massively beneficial to the career, uh, but uh, it kind of got a bit sentimental about it. Like, just kind of look, I just want to direct this kind of shit. I know what the, I know what this person feels like often. You know what I mean? I've met this person. I've I've felt like this person. And uh, I think I could, you know, combined with Ben Solo's writing, I think we could do something cool, yeah. you know. And I know, like, you're going through the whole, like, oh, I'm young and this, that, and the other. And, yeah, so just kind of took that tact, you know. Yeah, just trying to be a bit risky with it, I guess, you know. And then you, you got the gig? Got the gig, yeah. Um, And so, for people who haven't seen it, like, the general sort of vibe of the piece is someone kind of fighting their inner demons in yeah. order to be able to fight some exterior demons yes. to be the kind of neighbour who lives across the street yeah um, when I was watching it like I really enjoyed it but there was a part of me kind of going how did they shoot this it was a because pain in the arse you've got the same actress playing the, the main character and also her there are two alter egos yeah. right two inner voices how do you go about because like scheduling a film is, is complicated enough yeah. without having to kind of go alright we're going to need to do this particular shot three times because the same actress is in it three times yeah. wearing three different costumes and with three different kind of hair and makeup jobs yeah. on Billy McKenzie was the key to all of it she was the makeup artist and she had got down the look changes to uh, science they're basically like 15 minutes per look change Okay, so, so you, you generally start with the main character Remy so that the core Remy the main character you shoot her angle first you shoot and then you absolutely lock off the camera and no one was allowed to touch the camera 
Billy would have to change uh, Ben Masola into her new different costume, different makeup. You'd shoot the exact same thing. Um, and and uh, Ben Masola had body doubles um, who okay. were like incredible actors themselves, like Lakani Cherwa, Sarah, and uh, and uh, Jennifer. Um, they were like amazing actors. Um, and they we had rehearsed like the shit out of it. Like so, the timings had to be all the exact same, almost you know, down to like the second, almost. There wasn't much room for error. And then um, Matt Wicks as well. He he shot his DOP. He shot a lot of people. Most people just do nothing for Channel Four. He like was just a huge part of just working out how the shot list would work scheduling wise. Because if you're facing one way at the camera, you had to make sure you're facing that that area for the next four hours. Do you know what I mean? So you had to get all your yeah. shots that that way for four hours. And that the sun isn't going to come out halfway through. And the sun's not going to come out halfway through. Like, oh, fuck cloud that. wranglers. Get Half, the cloud wranglers in. Halfway through the first day of shooting, um, the curtains fell off. Uh, like It was, sounds like no big deal. But like you said, oh, just put them back up. But it was actually just the frame oh, no. of the entire curtain came down. So we lost like three hours of shooting on an unbelievably specific schedule. Like it, it was literally like we lost, it was like losing a year. Like it was just couldn't, and, it was, and I was going like, "This is it now." My first year, this is like my first BBC thing, and I fucked it. <laughs> and then uh, I remember texting my girlfriend, "I just can't go." I'm like, oh, this is, I'm just gonna be playing back to Ireland. Uh, like, you know, like, like this is over now. My career's gone. Uh, but we got the curtains back up. It does sound like such a small minor. It was thing. such a tiny oak. When it happened, I was like, "Oh, just put them back up." And then, it, and then it was just like impossible. Oh man, it was a nightmare. But then, but then day two, it was a four, a three day shoot, and then day two and three were just like, they were they couldn't have gone better, you know. And so everyone was, um, but that was the worry at the start was like how to make it. There was a lot of camera tests involved at the start, and yeah, we had to shoot a lot of like different tests and stuff to make sure everything was going to work. Because again, just the schedule was so tight, you know. It was an amazing experience to shoot and to sort of to have the number the different versions of your character in the same frame were you marking them off in terms of like a, okay this area is yep. for this character and the other character cannot go beyond a certain line was it kind of that sort of that, like, it was that specific okay. but it had to be naturalistic or else sure. the kind of illusion wouldn't work you know what I mean so um, we had to rehearse it to make it seem natural but have it be absolutely deliberate if that mm-hmm. makes sense you yeah. know like you'd have to you have to be very stringent on like so okay so you can't cross this place but what you're doing uh, d- dramatically dictates you can't cross that place. Do you know what I mean? Rather than I am standing here yeah. now, and you know, therefore I cannot go over here. Yeah. You know, it had to be, it had to work. You know, rather than just like you know, be oh, they're just standing there because I know they're trying to make the illusion work. You know, and we shot a handheld, and then the shots that couldn't be handheld if, for people for more characters than one that were they were made to look handheld after after the nice. fact. You know, so okay, yeah, 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 just kind of yeah, it was to- it was it was a tricky one to figure out, man. Yeah, it was it was it was really uh. It's a nice, really good learning experience, yeah. Um, and so, how did how did your role as a director differ on that to what it had been, say, on your own projects that yeah. were written by yourself? Because this is a project which is not only written by somebody else, but it's been written. It was written by the person who's playing the lead role. Yeah. So the writers on set, the writers in front of the camera. Yeah. How, um, like, did that feed into? the rehearsals did you kind of feel like maybe you didn't have as much control over the final product or was it kind of a very happy collaboration very happy collaboration yeah and I was uh, kind of worried about, not worried it's just kind of you know um, concerned just interested to hear how would that work you know but uh, yeah it was lovely it was it was just a lot of conversations you know what I mean because I, I was very like I was very uh, upfront with I don't want to this is very much your project, you know. This is this is absolutely this is your baby, you know. And I, I the last thing I want to do is destroy it, you know. The last thing I want to do is get in the way with you know my big, you know, kind of. I'm the director now, so you know what I mean. It's just like I just don't want to do that, you know. So and it was very much Bemisola's baby for years, for ages. So I was like, I want to create the best version of what you want. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm gonna try to get try to get that onto the. That's my job, I think. Yeah, is try the, the the areas she is far more experienced in being writing and performing. Is the area she more experienced in? So I'm not going. I'm not going to like impose a certain performance note that I think is essential. If she thinks this is the way to go with that performance on that on that side of the camera, then that's what we're going with because she, you know, she's far more seasoned performer um, and and writer than I am. The parts that she wouldn't be as seasoned in being, you know, composition and camera direction and like uh, some elements of how this would work in editorial. That's where I can offer uh, kind of, you know, a, a bit, bit of a hand and then we can come together then in the middle and how to make the narrative work. Hmm. You know what I mean? So that's that's how we worked. And I always tend to, when I'm making something, 
of like say it's a bit bigger scale like if it's just a short it's like two minutes I won't do it but like say if like thick as or um, something doesn't feel right for a Screen Ireland piece like anything that's up like upwards of ten minutes I generally write kind of like a book or like a like a ten page document and we just break down kind of try to break down every single sequence um, almost like what's the intention what's the purpose what's the and then draw like kind of with that then like some some small storyboards of the crucial images and then right. so I did that for Brain and Gear presented that to Bemi and Sam and Inez and they were all on the same page so I was like okay cool, this is going to be fine you know um, and then it's just down to the shoot day and you're just and you're just counting on the small things not messing it up you know yeah and, yeah. and dealing with the curtains falling off dealing with curtains things. falling off there's yeah, stuff you yeah. can't plan for well like it's fantastic and I think that it will really serve you well having won a BAFTA going forward but that's kind of like you know that's the great side of the business yeah. when when that works out for you we've kind of touched on the maybe more difficult elements in terms of the fact when you maybe make a sketch and yeah. people don't laugh or you're in, you encounter a huge problem on day one of filming on mm-hmm. a big job and like beyond that there's all of the rejection that yeah. you have to deal with in this industry like you spoke about leaving Republic of Telly mm. and then not getting the commercial jobs maybe for a year and a half after that. How do you, do you have a process for dealing with that in terms of, you know, keeping your head up, keeping your chin up um, or how does it affect you? It's a weird one. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's, I mean, there was a while there where I thought I was actually going to reject it for like everything. Do you know what I mean? Like it definitely felt that way. You know what I mean? And it, it didn't feel like, obviously it didn't feel vindictive or anything like that. It wasn't, it wasn't like the world is conspiring against me. It just kind of felt like, fuck, you know, Maybe I, you know, maybe it's just, maybe it's just, I'm shit at this, you know. Maybe it's just genuinely don't have the stuff, you know what I mean. I think everybody has that for sure, but uh, that definitely motivated then making your own stuff. Do you know what I mean? Um, that definitely motivated like making the two minute pieces and making the like the one minute thing and like if we can keep the cost down um, and try, you know, take the tactic of telly, like just I think get, going back to sketch making, like it you have to tell a story in three minutes. Do you know what I mean? And then it was like, okay, let's let's apply that to something more. Try and make it more cinematic, more you know, movieish, I guess. Um, and a bit more specifically to my interest, a bit more specific to my interest. Do you know what I mean? So I was like, if I'm gonna make my own stuff, then it has to be specific to me. Do you know what I mean? To, in order to be kind of to make it worth it, I guess. Um, but making stuff, making small stuff, turned out to be very very beneficial eventually towards getting funding for di- different things. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but, so it kind of worked on two fronts. Yeah. In terms of maybe reassuring yourself of your ability to actually do the job. Yeah. But d- also kinda, it serves yeah. your kind of purpose. But I had to get on. better though. I had to, I knew I had to get better. Like, because I was coming out with, I think it came out of Republic Telly with a lot of holes in the game as well, you know, because just because th- that job is very specific, you know, mm. you're, you're making uh, sketches. You're, you probably don't care as much as you should about composition. You probably don't care as much as you should about performance because. You just don't have time because yeah, you're so yeah. pressed for time. So I think it was the most amazing job ever, but it probably came out of there with a few bad habits. And um, and I had a lot of, I don't know, yeah, I just got, and then had to unlearn those. I think that's what that year and a half was, or that year. It was about 13, 12, 13, 14 months. Um, just kind of trying to unlearn, kind of, you know, just try to, like watching better work basically and trying to go, like, not trying to emulate it, but going like, this is the way that's working and this is the way the thing you make didn't work. You know, and I think I think the benefit of not getting funding for all that all that stuff at that time, um, still like it's still a struggle, a massive struggle to get funding. Like you know, I got got rejected for a thing three weeks ago. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's always happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, I was always yeah. like, you know, dear sir, thanks for the thing, but unfortunately, we've the standard was very high. But you know, and obviously, you know, they that can damn only, standard. Yeah, they can only be ten. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you're like fuck you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but then, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's just yeah, it was tough. It's tough. It is tough. It always is tough. It's um, is it any easier? Than no, it was no. It's not. It's not. No, it's not. It's not. I mean, you think it would be? I mean, selfishly, you think it might get easier because like you go, well, that was okay. That worked out. This worked out. But then, um, yeah, it's never. And I don't think it should be easier. Maybe I think I think you got to stay sharp. I guess. Yeah. Does and does I, a sting last for less a shorter amount of time? Do you think? Yeah, I always had the thing. I think it was beneficial in that I always tended to get angry rather than get sad about that kind of stuff. Do you know what I mean? I was just like, I'm gonna, I'll show you. I'll t- you know, I always took that, you know, I was like, you don't want to see an uh, alien horror movie where people explode. Well, I'm, you know, well, I'm going to make the best one ever, God damn it. <laughs> you know, like, you know, uh, gooey lads, you know, like something called, like that's stupid <laughs> and trying to make that, you know, work. 
you know, like, uh, yeah, I tend to, but then I'd always like, oh, Jesus, well, I tell you about a project that didn't get funded. Oh, please do. Yeah, yeah, yeah this yeah. is like, and I know when I, re- like, this is mental, like, this is so stupid I can be. Um, it was like, <laughs> do you remember, like, they were funding the 1916 films? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, man, I'm going to write, like, the coolest 1916 film ever. It was, like, so offensive and so, like, the a complete opposite of what they wanted. And like, remember when I, when I got the rejection email, I was like, "Oh, what was what's your problem?" You know what I mean? Like, kind of like, but it was literally like, you know, the church scene in Kingsman. Remember when oh. he, when Colin first like destroying everybody? I actually haven't seen it. It's a good movie, but like, okay. it's cool. It's an okay movie, but like, it's got a, one amazing sequence where Colin Firth basically like kung fu's and shoots annihilates an entire church full of bad guys. <laughs> um, but I had like Patrick Pierce in like the Colin Firth role and basically like in the middle of the G- it was like the worst thing ever man it was in the GPO and him like just basically being an action hero destroying and like it was meant to be seen through the eyes of a child what a child might have thought the rising would have been. Yes. So it wasn't completely it wasn't complete <laughs> madness you know what I mean but like it was like oh just yeah it was just like but I remember yeah just I, I had lots to learn. <laughs> well I think yeah. that Everyone in the business is and should be always learning, really. Yeah. Um, but I think that even if people were to look at your Vimeo, and I would recommend it, uh, it's vimeo.com forward slash Fergal Costello. Yeah. Um, that they can see, even going back to something that you said you made in college, Zenith, six years ago, it has, it shows like real uh, ability that you have in terms of storytelling. Thanks, man. Like I was watching that and I kind of thought that I kind of felt it felt like a dance in parts mm. like you're sort of using your editing skills as a way of kind of bringing these characters the two characters that are in the sh- in the film sort of together and I was kind of imagining it almost like a, a dance where there were kind of big broad movements where we're sort of getting an impression this kind of vague impression of the world they're living in and then every now and again they're brought together and there's like this really kind of sharp a specific moment that they're sharing together before then kind of feeling more about the world that they're mm. in and so like if you can make that kind of uh, short film in college, then it shows that you've got ability in the fact that you're, you know, talking about learning and you get, you've got so much experience in your second film school with the Republic of Telly. Yeah, yeah. You, these are the kind of the breaks that you have to sort of go with. But like you've shown that you didn't sort of rest in your laurels. You were sort of working, making stuff while doing Republic of Telly and uh, kind of managed to impress people and get further work out of that. Uh, so, yeah, brilliant. Fergal, thanks a million for talking to us. Thanks on a million, Thanks very much, man. Pleasure. Great crack.